We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Roto-Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blenderhead, Blender HD, if you if you follow me on Twitter. And it's Thursday, September 21st, and we'll be talking about tonight's Thursday night showdown NFL contest on DraftKings Niners versus Giants, as well as some of the, uh, the MLB slate tonight. MLB still going on. We still got uh, about a week and a half left. Hit that thummy thumb button on your way in the door. Give me those thumbs. You know I like those. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Join with me all the way from the depths of Saskatchewan, Canada. It's TJ Zwarek. How you doing, my man? Ready to uh, dive into some NFL, a little bit of MLB. Up, ready, refreshed, nice and nice and early for me. Got a few articles to write today, so ready to uh, dive into it. Right, and you could, uh, if you subscribe to the channel... You hit that notification bell. We'll have a whole block of shows later today on the channel. Grinders Live, 5 p.m. Eastern. Crunch time around 6.20 right afterwards. That's for the MLB slate. And then Kyle Murray will be hosting the pre-lock Thursday night football show at about 7.40. For all, obviously, we'll have to see about inactives. We have to see about Brandon Ayuk. If you take a look here at the NFL grind down, this is a free, this is a free article Noto puts out. Uh, giving you a little little preview, preview of the Thursday Night Football Niners versus Giants game. Uh, then we do have some premium content. Obviously, we have the projections and ownership stuff always updated in Lineup HQ. Is that the only thing tonight that that is going to that we're we're looking at? Is that from from uh from that we're going to have to wait until inactives of the status of Brandon Ayuk and also to some extent. Uh, I believe Wondell Robinson may be playing also, although he he may be on a snap count coming back from an injury. Uh, I would have to assume that the IU news is much bigger than the Wondell Robinson news. 
Yeah, it is. Like the thing with the Wandale Robinson news is he's two hundred dollars. So if he's going to be playing and it's a snap count, but they're going to have specific packages to try and get him involved, a two hundred dollar salary on DraftKings uh, all of a sudden becomes pretty interesting for that game. But yeah, Ayuk's the biggest one. I think we're still waiting on. Maybe we get some more information on. Uh, the running back situation for the Giants, like Breda is going to be the lead guy, but maybe we hear a little bit more about how specifically Gary Brightwell may be involved, something like that. Um, but the big news is definitely the Ayuk. Okay, well, let's talk about those two situations. I mean, uh, if Ayuk is in, he's 8,600. I feel as if Ayuk is in, he's priced that he's going to play as normal, right? So really, yeah. it comes down to me that if Ayuk's in, I his ownership may actually, I don't know if it's if people are going to react to like, oh, well, maybe he's limited or something like that. But he's priced in a way, like Debo's only 200 more than Ayuk. And if Ayuk's out, I mean, then obviously this the target share gets so much more condensed. But who benefits the most with Ayuk out and what, what are their sets going to look like? Are, are we going to be looking down now more like, like Jawan Jennings is 4,800. It's not like he's that cheap or anything like that. Right. Kittle is 6,600. Obviously he has a ceiling, but you know, I, Ayuk is, is, I mean, he's not really like a slot type receiver. Typically Jawan Jennings is not, is, is doesn't fill Ayuk's role. Would we be looking at, you know, I mean, Ray Ray McLeod. I mean, some of these like kind of special teams guys or, or is it that, you know, no one really benefits other than the main guys. It's going to be, it's just going to be a three headed monster of McCaffrey, Debo and Kittle. I think somewhere in between, I think because of Ray Ray McLeod's price, if Ayuk is out, you can totally take some shots there. Um, But I think the biggest beneficiaries will be, Debo Samuel and George Kittle Samuel always gets his touches regardless. And so um, I think he'll maybe just get a few more targets. And I, but I do honestly think the biggest beneficiary is going to be George Kittle um, in that passing offense, starting to get a few more targets. Um, and then Christian McCaffrey, just getting more touches in the offense as well. Maybe more checkdowns. Maybe they're running the ball more. Maybe they would throw more two tight end sets out there because they don't have uh, um because they don't have Brandon Ayuk and then it's Ross Dwelly or or whoever getting in there and uh, getting more touches for uh, more, maybe not touches, but more snaps for uh, San Fran today. For what it's worth, my lean is Ayuk actually plays. He got hurt last game. He came back and finished the game. Um, If, Stupid Brock Purdy hadn't overthrown him by a couple uh, couple feet and he would have got his 40-yard touchdown. Then I would have had about a five-figure day last Sunday. But uh, that's all right. Still profitable. Um, and uh, I, I actually do think Ayuk is going to play. Do you, do you think that his ownership is going to come down? Or are you? Or would you consider him, if he plays, that you just project him as is? Or do you think it'll be the type of thing where it's a, it's a short week obviously, and they're, they may not play IU the full complement of snaps. And I say the same thing with Christian McCaffrey. He's 13-2 on DraftKings. 
He's going to be one of, if not the most popular players on the slate because of his, you know, his his mean projection is the highest by far. His ceiling is high. Is this going to be the type of thing where I know we didn't see Elijah Mitchell much, if at all. McCaffrey was playing nearly every snap. Do you think on a short week that they're more likely to, I mean, I'm not saying like, dude, Chris McCaffrey could get 75% of the snaps and still be the highest scorer on the slate. But is there going to be a value in taking a shot on $2,400 Elijah Mitchell or just playing neither and just hope that Christian McCaffrey doesn't satisfy such a high price tag? I just don't think it's that tough to get McCaffrey. And because of that, um, I don't think I really want to go about fading him just because it's like you said, he could have he could have 65% of the snaps and still end up as the highest scorer by far on this slate. Well, I agree. Um, I, well, hold on. I agree with you that it, it may not be tough in the flex, but you plug, plug him in the captain spot and you're you're in a world of hurt. The 1.5xing that 13.2 salary. Like you're probably not getting to to like both quarterbacks or quarterback and Debo. Like you're gonna have to play a lot of these like like twenty four hundred dollars. You're gonna have to plug in. You're gonna have to plug in a a Ross Dwelly or something like that down there. I don't know how represented Chris McCaffrey uh, Chris McCaffrey is gonna be in the captain spot. We'll take a quick look at the uh, the showdown sim tool that we have. That's for premium members. So if you want that, if you want our premium NFL stuff. If you want the projections and the ownership and everything, click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. But, but I just, I just, my, my, my sense on this slate is that McCaffrey's price tag is so high that if you play him in the captain, like he almost must be by far the top scorer on the slate. Unless you, unless two of these cheap guys like happen to score eight to 10 points that I'm much more likely to, I'm not saying that I, I, I'm i going to play like Elijah Mitchell, but I think non-Christian McCaffrey lineups in the large field contests are going to be a, a little, little less, less duplicated. Yeah, I think that's abs- absolutely going to be the case in terms of less duplicated for sure, because I honestly don't think um, it's going to be all that tough to get him there. And I think that'll be the case for the field too. And so, um, one of my favorite builds I've kind of looked at early is a giant or a, a San Francisco onslaught type build where it's like, if I'm playing McCaffrey in the captain position, I'm building my lineup to reflect a game theory that really makes sense for McCaffrey there. And so um, 49ers D Purdy, I like mixing Elijah Mitchell there too, because kind of like looking at this from a mindset of, how you talked about it early, like this is, he played nearly a hundred percent, if not a hundred percent of the snaps last week. Um, you can, and then you look at this from a sense of no, no Saquon Barkley, the 49ers are 11 point, 10 and a half point favorites in this game. Um, they're up 28 points by the end of the third quarter. And then Elijah Mitchell just runs the ball 10 times in the fourth quarter. Um, and that's kind of the a style I like uh, looking at here because I don't think the Giants have just looked so terrible. Yeah, they had their big comeback last week, but it was the Cardinals. The Cardinals are terrible. Um, and so now they don't have Saquon Barkley. I really like the idea of pairing McCaffrey at that captain spot 
with the 49ers defense um, and then seeing where I go from there. Yeah, that seems popular, though. I'm looking at it go, oh, that's going to be quite popular. And yes, Travis Meyer in chat, uh, we, we do have ownership uh, that will be generated later today. Of course, the early, early projections here don't have uh, projected ownership. Uh, I think our Sims actually do for the first run, but that, that also gets updated multiple times throughout the day. They do yeah. have it in the bat or sorry, in the blitz right now for what it's worth as well. And like, yeah, McCaffrey is looking like by far the highest owned captain. Um, and so that's why like at 26% right now, early in the day, um, nobody else is higher than 10 and a half. And so with that, that's why I like the idea of like pairing Elijah Mitchell with him. Elijah Mitchell is projected for now. This will change. This will adjust throughout the day, but yeah, he's not going to be 0.545%. Yeah, but it'll probably be 3%. And like maybe after a, a week, high, maybe a little higher, maybe. Maybe, but like after after a week where he literally didn't see the field, um I think that I think that's going to lower his uh his ownership a little bit and then like you said earlier, it's a short week. He could end up getting those touches. So I love a little McCaffrey Mitchell 49ers defense stack on this slate. And then if I am going to um, try and do something a little bit different than that in large field tournaments, McCaffrey in the flex is still highly owned, but nowhere nearly as egregious as I think he is in the captain position. He's pretty close to the same as Debo. He's not much higher than Purdy. Um, and so I do think maybe going elsewhere in a, in a single entry tournament that still has a pretty large field where I'm trying to get a little bit different. If I was doing a cash game, it's McCaffrey. But anything else, uh, I do like the idea of throwing him in the flex position. I probably don't fade him unless it's an MME lineup that I'm going, yes, i projecting him to get hurt in this lineup, and so is all Elijah Mitchell. Right, and that's what I focus on. I focus on the large field stuff, yeah. right? The Jerome Ford lineups, right? The, those types of lineups. Yeah. Enbot uh, in chat, in the YouTube chat, says if Wondell plays – him and McCaffrey combo combos will be insane. I'm not necessarily, I'm not convinced of that either. I'm not sure Wondell Robinson, even if he's active, plays. I mean, he, what? Maybe it's possible. What do you think the probability, DJ, is? Wondell Robinson, number one, is active, right? He has to be active first, right? Plays, plays a full complement of snaps or plays like, 10 snaps. And remember, Wondell Robinson is not like uh like one of these like burner outside wide receiver types. He's he's gonna get the he's gonna be a slot receiver. So it's it's so I I never mind like the 10 snap people that like okay, you can catch like a 60 yard touchdown. Like Wondell would have to do it by catching like a six yard pass and then running it the rest of the way. In the way that I mean, yeah, sure, Wondell Robinson can do that. But do you, how popular do you think he's going to be if if, if if most people are going to project him at, like, maybe maybe 15 to 20 snaps? Maybe? Unless you, yeah. unless you think he's just going to walk in and just go, this Giants receiving core is just, uh, you know, a bunch of creative players, practically. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. We, we know their names, but it's kind of just like a mess. I think it's Showdown that makes it good because there are a lot more combinations. Just that figuring out which ones to play is 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 the issue here yeah i don't think he's going to be all that highly owned because he like you said he's likely going to be in a snap count it's probably going to be 20 ish maybe 10 to 20 
the reason is if he's not very popular, I don't really care. It's just because like a $200, all I need is a catch. Like it doesn't even really have to be a long touchdown. Like you just give me one reception for 12 yards. And as long as I'm using the rest of my salary, well, it that that might do enough for me today if I get to play Purdy and Samuel and McCaffrey all in a lineup, and those are the guys that do it today. Um, and That'll so, be, dude, that's so you're you're duping me. Did so much dupage. So how much I like, dupage. How I like to go about things though is I have my one lineup that's like one way of getting different. Maybe there's gonna be a few other guys in the large field stuff that, that have the same, but in small field stuff, I'm likely going to be unique. And then in the large field stuff, it's just like, well, maybe it gets there anyway. This is my lineup where I'm looking to make sure I'm making, hopefully making some money, not cash. Cause I don't really like playing cash, but a single entry style lineup. And then I'll do about 10 to 20 where I build them contrarian and pretty much just throw them in the largest field contest and nothing else. Um, but like even, even last week, my one main lineup for the Brown, this last Browns game, unfortunately it had Chubb at the captain. And that was why I didn't, uh, make a ton of money, but it had Ford, it had the Browns defense. And so I was still able to, uh, like triple up on it because I just had my one guy, Jerome Ford, who was 3% owned. Um, and, uh, that's kind of how I like to do it. I don't need to get totally different. I just get my one guy in there who's low owned in my main lineup. And then the other ones I differentiate as long as I'm telling a story with my showdown lineups, as long as I say, like, if the game goes this way, this is the lineup that should do well. That's my primary focus. Right. And that's a good single entry, smaller yeah. field focus, large field stuff. I mean, my, my pe- people, I, I mean, in the Roto-Grinders discord, someone, someone asked yesterday and you could join us there. Roto-Grinders.com slash discord asked like what makes for a good showdown lineup? And I said, in large field, I said, this is what you do. Okay. So listen to me. Here's the secret. Building good large field showdown lineups. Okay, build yourself a lineup. If you like it and it makes sense, throw it out. Okay? That's the first rule. Then build another lineup that is right on the line. You're not even that sure. You're, you're really not sure whether or not you're just literally flushing money down the toilet. Like your entry fee, it's like $15, $18. Like, I'm not sure. I, I might as well just take a $20 bill and just flush it right down the toilet. If if that's what it make your lineup makes you feel like, probably a good one. <laughs> right? It's it that because people will build 49 seven lineups that have quarterback wide receiver correlation and and all this type of stuff. Like the game script, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna see a lot of like four, five, ones. 49er lineups it's like why can't you build uh Niners defense and five Giants and you go like well that doesn't make any sense well what happens what happens the Giants like you know they return a touchdown and there's a pick six next thing you know Daniel Jones has the ball for 42 minutes this game it's like that could that could happen and it's like I, what but none of the none of the 49ers get there it's like well they're in order the Giants are cheaper so maybe they're concentrated. Like you, you look at these lineups and you go, well, this doesn't make any sense. And it also means that less people will play those types of lineups. I'm not saying to go down to the bottom and say, I'm going to captain Ross Dwelly. And then I'm going to leave for like, like 34,000 on the table. Like you don't have to play those lineups, but imagine playing a lineup without McCaffrey 
right? I can make I can make sense of almost any lineup in large field, right? So you don't play McCaffrey, right? So maybe maybe play Debo in the captain, right? Because once you don't play McCaffrey, you're removing your dupes by a ton. So maybe maybe you play Debo in the captain, okay? And you don't play Purdy in the flex because a lot of people will play Debo in the captain with Purdy in the flex because, well, Debo's going to catch catch a touchdown, right, from Purdy. Debo also gets these, these, like, reverses and everything. He can rush touchdowns in also. So maybe Daniel Jones, who has to come back and, and he has a lot of rushing equity, maybe Daniel Jones runs two touchdowns in today, right? So you can play Daniel Jones, right? Then you go to you go to wide receiver and you go okay well, Debo scored, right? Maybe Kittle also scored a passing touchdown, right? Because I let's it doesn't matter if Ayuk's in or out. And you go okay, I'm gonna play Kittle and Samuel. You have 66, 67 remaining average salary, right? You could go through. You play Brita. Maybe he's gonna catch some checkdowns. Maybe you don't play any of the wide receiver. Maybe you don't. You literally you don't play any of the. Maybe you don't play any of the wide receivers for the Giants. Maybe you play the kicker. Maybe you play uh, Jake Moody, the kicker, right, for the 49ers. And you have $8,800 left. Well, maybe maybe, maybe play one of the receivers. But instead of playing Slayton or Hodgins, you play Paris Campbell, right? You've left, like, what, 4400 on the table. This lineup isn't like, doesn't, I mean, I mean, TJ, this lineup isn't like a nutso lineup. But I'm pretty sure that this lineup is going to be duped under five times and in, in showdown, and it's still contained. You're not going down and taking people that only play two snaps. And you could do this for any. I mean, like, dude, you could do this for. I mean, dude, you could make seven million combinations. Not maybe, obviously, not that many in showdown. So this is TJ. I understand your approach, and it makes sense in in smaller field contests. But you see how. How I think, I think in terms of sure. I'm going to lose 98% of the time, right? And the 2% of the time that I do cash, I'm hoping that it's way, way, way at the top. And it's not sharing my money with as many other people. So when I win, like I've won, I've won showdowns before. And typically my showdown wins are 20,000, 50,000 plus. But when I don't win showdown, I'm, I'm losing like half of my money <laughs> like every every slate doing so yeah that's like i find i don't think you have to get that crazy different to get to not be duped like i just don't think people are that good at it Th to be perfectly to be perfectly frank where it's like I think you can still, even in the large field stuff, I I I think there are ways to do McCaffrey if you want to do McCaffrey. Oh, there are no, there are ways. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that there are less ways. Less ways, hundred percent. Right. 100%. I mean, me, I, my, of course, you can find a unique lineup today. or a less dupe lineup with any player, even McCaffrey, a captain, just requires you to get even more weird everywhere else. To me, the easiest way to reduce your dupes is to not play McCaffrey. That is hundred percent agreed. Yeah, agreed there hundred percent. I think my favorite way to do it today will be pairing McCaffrey with Elijah Mitchell. Jimmy James in the chat says, "If you're not going to play C Mac, maybe play the Giants' defense." 
You can do that. You play Giants defensive captain with 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 five 49ers. I mean, like sometimes that dude weird lineups last week. Like literally, you, the Steelers put in two. The Steelers defense put in two touchdowns. If everyone else on your team is a Brown other than Pickens, you're perfect. Right. Right. So think think outside of the box when it comes to think, showdown. So let's let's make sense of the 49ers defense with McCaffrey and Mitchell might be one of my favorite builds too. 49ers defense of the captain, both running backs. Um you gonna play for that game script. I mean, it's the most probable outcome. You you're you're Mr. Most Probable, TJ. Is that, is that yeah, but when you're, you're playing a captain at only five percent, you have you only have to find one other way to get different. Yeah, but in large field, there's a lot of lineups. Five percent of lineups is like five thousand lineups. Yeah, but that's not that hard to. But almost like half of those five thousand lineups are going to be built the same way. So you find one other player with a five percent or less type of uh, ownership projection on your team, like and who's that, that going to be? Who, who, who's that, who's that guy? Power. Is it Ray Ray McLeod? We'll see. I, I think it'd be it'd be it'll depend on the ownership. I think it would be somebody like Ross Dwelly. You get that backup tight end in there. Uh, there you're planning for a lot of run running anyways. He happens to catch one of the play action touchdowns because you're in that jumbo set lineup build anyway. I think that would be the way I'd go about it. So what what are you making sense of the 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 Giants? Just everyone on the Giants. I mean, all the running backs and the receivers. I mean, like. Brita obviously is is going to be the lead back, but I mean I don't know by how much. I mean they have Brightwell, but he's priced up at five k, so you're not like getting a discount on Brightwell. And then you have Eric Gray, who's I mean I believe he's a rookie. Uh, I mean more likely than I mean Gary Brightwell, from what I gather, is not like the, it's not like a receiving back really. Like it seems like Gary Brightwell comes in more to rush the ball. Yeah, Reed is more likely to catch the ball. Do you think that? I mean, Eric Gray, I think, is playing special teams for the Giants. I mean, what did what did you what is your prognosis here on on these running backs? And is Eric Gray worth taking a shot on in case the backfield doesn't work out the way we think it does? And then the what Giants to me the Giants wide receiver that's the most appealing is Darius Slayton, only because. He doesn't. I mean, he he doesn't need many catches to get there because he could he could he could score in a sixty yard touchdown. A lot of these other guys need volume more to do that. Hundred percent. Darius Slayton would for surely be the one I'd be most confident in rostering. Um, Isaiah Hodgins probably number two. Wandell Robinson if he plays number three, just because of that price tag. Um, but I like, I truly like, and I guess I think this is where I kind of how I build my showdown lineups a little bit too. It's like when I'm wrong, it's often just because like what I thought was going to happen is wrong. Um, and sometimes what I think is going to happen is, is similar to the spread like it is today. Sometimes it's just hundred percent, totally different. Um, but I really don't think the Giants score more than maximum two touchdowns today. Um, and so I most of the lineups I build will have a maximum of two Giants or one Giant. And then what I will do is I'll have one of my lineups, Daniel Jones at the MVP with Breda and Hodgins and Slayton. Um, 
maybe a Slayton MVP, maybe like depending on who the lowest owned of that crew is right now, we got Slayton at 5%. We got Hodgins at 1%. So maybe I make a Hodgins, a, a Hodgins MVP team with Daniel Jones, with Matt Breda. Um, but I definitely think like my main set of lineup, my main lineup today is going to be like, I think I'm going to have no more than a maximum of two giants on it. Mr. Most probable, <laughs> which is fine, which is fine. You can, you can still play chalky lineups and get slightly different, but we're going to take a look at quickly look at the showdown SIM tool that uh, Jimino has up here for premium members. Obviously this will change throughout the course of the day as projections change and, you know, we see who's in and who's out, but uh, you know, it shows the more likely scenarios, right. On what like the optimal or winning GPP lineups in large field look like and uh, compared to the, the ownership. So like, if we just go down without go, looking know, at this, yet, I got to imagine that like the best leverage is going to be like at the captain position is either going to be Breda or Waller. That's what I'm uh, guessing. Cause these two guys, uh, those are looking like my favorite contrarian tournament captain options right now. There's just, they're low. Right. So here's the simulation tool for roster construction breakdown. And it's, it's, it agrees with Mr. Most Probable, right? How many players from the favorite? How many players from the underdog? So it shows that based on our current projections, the 0.1% optimal outcomes, which is what we're looking for in showdown, 16% were 5-1 49ers lineups. 30% were 4-2 Niners lineups. 33% were 3-3s. Three 2-4s were only two Giants, four 49ers, 17%. And one 49er, one five Giants, only 3%. Now, that's the most probable, but how are people building, right? So if, like, if we see that there's 25% of people are building 5-1 lineups, like that's... That means too many of those lineups are being represented, which means you're going to run into more duplication. So it's not just like, oh, this is the most probable. Whenever we're playing DFS, we're not thinking of what's the most probable. We're thinking of what's the most profitable. Same way that we do for individual players of like, oh, this guy's going to be 80% owned, but he really only has like a 50% shot at being in like the optimal lineup, which is like an insanely high shot. But you want to play players mostly that have an outsized shot at being optimal when they're lower owned than their optimal rate. So you take a look here. You said the cap, you, you expected the, the highest leverage captains to be what? Like Slayton, Waller, Waller and, Breda. and Breda. Okay. Let's take a, let's take a look current. So we here's, we have the SIM tool of the captain usage by player. So it'll show in orange, you know, what the SIMs show and then what our current ownership is. And then of course this, you know, you, the ownership has to be right. I mean, if you if you believe Debo Samuels is going to be higher owned in the captain spot, then it could be negative leverage. So we see here, actually, our sims show that McCaffrey is about even. Debo has leverage. That we have him at fourteen percent captain ownership, but our our simulations show that he's optimal in captain eighteen percent of the time. Daniel Jones is a little negative. Purdy is around the same. Ayuk is negative, right? Waller is about even. Kittle is, a, I mean, the, all, most of these at this point is about even. The biggest one is the 49ers defense. We have them projected at like 4% of the captain, but they're only optimal like 1.5% of the time. I think the 49ers defense is going to be over-owned on this slate. 
And you can see that also in the flex usage stuff. Right? So you see Matt, actually Matt says Matt Breida is going to be overall. So not leverage. The opposite of leverage. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's, of course, if you believe that Matt Breed is going to be 29% owned in the flex. Yeah. Yeah, in the flex, I think he's going to be very highly owned. Um, in the captain, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to see our optimal rate at the captain only at 3%, just as a pass catching back who's so cheap. I thought it'd be a little bit higher than that. Um, but then the biggest difference on Waller, to me, that makes sense. The reason I thought he was going to be uh, higher leverage and he would be based on the, the blitz's ownership. The blitz has him at 2.5% right now. Right. Um, and so based on that, like if he's going to be 2.5%, give me all the Waller at captain. Right. Yeah. If it does start pushing five, all of a sudden a little bit less interest there. Jimmy James in the, in the chat on YouTube. Which you could post if you're if you're watching live, feel free to post your questions, post your comments. You could send questions into the mailbag if you're listening later or on the podcast feed. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. I do answer those questions on the show. And even if I answer them at a later date, I will always email you back saying, Hey, we covered it on today's show. Go go check it out. Uh, but he, uh, Jimmy James says, I learned a lot from Squirrels Millie Takedown Monday, which resonates with what Blender me. Was saying play the vomit lineup to get different. LOL. Least likely of scenarios seem to always take precedence. So I focus a lot on I'm Mr. Less Probable. Right? You're Mr. Most Probable. Mr. Less Keith also, whenever I did showdown shows with Keith, there was always a conversation between Mr. Most Probable, because he's he's in the most probable family. And I'm like, how could this game get completely lopsided in a direction we didn't possibly think of? I'm just going to do that every slate and hope one of them hits, right? Like that's truthfully, that is my, that is my showdown style, right? I do. I get absurdly weird. No, but I do get weird enough. So I, if you take a look, you can get these simulation output tools 
If you're a Roto-Grinders premium member, uh, you can discuss them in our Discord, rotogrinders.com slash premium. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Do you have any 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 props or pick them for tonight's game? I'm going to be writing up. I want to go back to Squirrel's lineup quick and kind of analyze it, though, because I feel like that's it's the perfect converse. It's the perfect combination of the things that we were saying throughout the course of this. You find your ways to get totally off the board and who Miles Sanders was 80% owned. What's your easiest way to not get duped? It's you don't play Miles Sanders. You take him out, you throw him out. You of actually there. play the negative correlated and you play Chubba Hubbard, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so he threw in Chubba Hubbard. Who's the next highest owned player on the slate? Jerome for or uh Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. So you play his backup too. You play Jerome for then you could then at that point you could practically play just all the best plays. And every other part of that lineup was perfectly correlated. He had a pass catching running back who makes sense to pair with his quarterback Bryce Young without Miles Sanders. Adam Thielen, the number one receiver, Hayden Hurst, his number one tight end. Um, the two of the top receiving threats for New Orleans, Shahid and Olave. And then you have George Pickens as the one guy uh, as a, to run back with Jerome Ford. And it's a perfectly correlated lineup while also getting totally, totally different off the board by just omitting those two highest on plays, making sure you're till, still telling a story. It's just a different story than what everybody else is telling. Right. Um, Mr. Least, Mr. Less probable. Yeah. And so to I mean, me, me and Squirrel are the, are the less probable people. You're trying okay, to put the you're, most you're, probable you're on me. And that's not the, the thing that I'm trying to, I'm trying to convey here. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with making sure your story is being told. Find a less probable story, um, but make sure it still makes sense in that game. If you're playing, if you're playing, I think this game is going to be chaos. We'll make sure your lineup represents that chaos um, is, is kind of the, it's less of a, I think this, you think this, it's like a, I agree with, uh, with the, you're thinking this, but I just like making sure that it also kind of tells a bit of a game script story. So no, no props and pick them. Yes, I got props and pick them too. <laughs> uh, I forgot. I went on my tangent. I had I, my long tangent. I don't I know if you'll agree, you'll agree with me. I already I've already taken. I don't know what the number is now, but I've I I have McCaffrey's under rushing yards on both prize picks and underdog. Under underdog, it was at eighty and a half, and prize picks it was seventy nine and a half. I believe it's seventy four in the blitz, and that's with uh, that's with a a very high. Um, a higher snap share. That's with his current share. With his, if you go in the past two games, that's with like an insanely high snap share. So like I, I looked at like the under, even with a high snap share, like it was still under seventy nine, under eighty. And uh, in so case the- he doesn't get a whole snap, a full snap share, I mean, to me, it's like free, it's like free yardage. Right now, on uh, I'm looking at underdog, and so yeah, I do have. Uh, a pick'em article coming out later today for my favorite plays on prize picks. That's basically exactly what I do. I mix in what I do think is going to happen in this game with the plays that are have the roto grinders and blitz projections agreeing with one of the sides, higher or lower, mixed in with what I think. I think I'll probably leave the McCaffrey one per, uh, personally. I'm going to be writing that right uh, as soon as we're done here, so that'll be coming out in uh, probably about an hour or two. Um, 
but uh, McCaffrey right now on underdog, uh, I don't have prize picks up quite yet, but on underdog, he's at 78 and a half. Okay, Blitz, so it's, uh, it's come down. It's a market agreement. That's that's always nice to see for me. The Blitz currently has him projected at 83 rushing yards and okay. the RG projections at 82. So that's pr- I'm probably just going to leave that off completely. But I do think that play makes sense with the – it's a short week. They're massive favorites, and he just played 100% of the snaps in the game before. Right. I it just consider I just consider it free yardage if – I mean, even if even if he projects for then the way that the rushing distributions work, it wouldn't it wouldn't really cut the it wouldn't really cut the cake on underdog and prize picks, right? Yeah. Right there, it's it's at the line. But if you once you once you t- put him down to like an eighty percent snap share, at seventy five percent snap share, like those numbers start coming down pretty pretty quick quickly enough. So I'd I you know I I'm more likely, especially in NFL markets for prize picks and underdog, uh. I value getting in early over getting in at the best number, mm-hmm. right? Because the numbers move too quickly that like once Saturday comes around like Sunday, Sunday prize picks an underdog. Like there's not, there's not, there's, trust me, there's nothing there. Like every, everything has moved to efficiently. So I much rather say sometimes I get things wrong. Sometimes I'll take, I'll take an over because I think it's significantly over and then usage adjustments come in. You know, someone's in, someone's out, something, something happens. And next thing you know, oh, all the value, like now the over is kind of like a break even play or even, even slightly negative EV. It's like, yeah, that'll happen once out of every, you know, nine or 10 times. But the other eight or nine times I'm getting, I'm getting by Sunday, I have like 17 yards CLV. I have like insane amounts of value and and, on what it's moved. So like, me, I'm much more like I got the McCaffrey number at like on Monday. Yeah. Right. So like I'm like, I hope it moves in my favor. If it doesn't, oh well. But there are some that I mean, last year I was catching some receiving props, unders 30. I mean, they they'd move 30 yards. I mean, they put up such a number that was so high. And I'm like, like this this can't be this can't be right. Right. I'm and you take it, and then if it, you're not right, next thing you know, it's like you're getting a practically like a minus two twenty to minus two fifty type of prop when you're getting paid like minus one twenty on prize picks and underdog. So I don't know about you. I value like I'll look at the early projections knowing that they're going to be adjusted, but I hit enough of them where those are the right numbers, and then I you see all that movement, and to me that's where all the value is in the NFL, especially. I got a lot of early value before all the movement on AJ Dillon last week before Aaron Jones was ruled out and none of it came through because right. he was terrible anyways. But yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. I think that makes sense. I'm curious if you have this pick paired with uh, the McCaffrey under, because I think it correlates really well. And I do like this line as well. 14 and a half rushing yards going over for Debo Samuel, because that correlates perfectly well with the under for uh, McCaffrey, but also 14 and a half for Debo one. I love up a line that the player could easily break on one play. It was why I was so heavy on the George Pickens over receiving yards last game was because he just needed one catch to go over 44 and a half. He's a big clip guy. And then of, of course, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it didn't. It did last week, but 
Debo, also a big play guy, and he easily could get a 15-yard carry. He's projected for 20 rushing yards on the on RG projections, 20 rushing yards on the blitz projections, a good 25% more than what the line is at right now. So Debo, 14 and a half rushing yards, I think is one of my favorites on the slate. And I think it pairs perfectly with that. Uh, um, with DeAndre, that. DeAndre McCaffrey. You have to find a third one because yeah, you need another yeah. team. Yeah. Right? Um, and my favorite, I think, from another team to go with would be um, Darius Slayton. Uh, either the three receptions or the 35 receiving yards. Um, I like both of those quite a bit today. They're going to be coming from behind. He's their main guy. Um, we got him projected for 40 on uh, the Roto Grinders projections. What do we have on here? The Blitz. Um, let's see. Where's my receiving yards? There we go. 37 on the Blitz. So a slight over on the Blitz. Not very much. A pretty decent one on uh, the Roto Grinders projections. Um, I do like Darius Slayton as kind of my favorite run back here. Probably the yards as opposed to the receptions. Because again, that's one that he could get one reception for 40 yards today. Okay. I'm, I'm, I, I will not be taking either. But there, if, if you need something for tonight... Feel free to feel free to do so. Uh, let's look at uh, let's look at MLB uh, quickly before we get out of here. Okay, MLB tonight for all those still playing MLB. Are, are, are if you're still playing MLB DFS now, are you just you know just a masochist at this point? Are you just a it's, degen? It's the only thing that's pumping up my bankroll for NFL. First week of NFL, I bombed. Second week of NFL, I doubled up. Um, but, um, like I mentioned on a lot of Roto Grinder shows, like I played, I basically played exclusively FanDuel for three years, mm. won my hundreds of thousands of dollars, got all kinds of limited on contests. And then I realized like, I bought, I, I bought a house and all of a sudden those contest limitations started getting more annoying because I wanted to play with a smaller bankroll than a bigger bankroll mm. because I spent all my money on real life things. Um, and then I realized, hey, I have no limitations on DraftKings because I basically haven't played there before. And so uh, I've taken down the the mini max three times in the last two weeks and have about five top ten <laughs> mixed in there on for MLB. And so uh, that's I, I'm still going like crazy because it's just the uh, add into the NFL bankroll. Right. And I, FYI, I've done this. I I do the same on FanDuel as you. Yeah. I play primarily <laughs> on DraftKings. And then it's like, let me go to FanDuel where they think that I'm no one. And then yeah. I'm playing all the $1 and $2 contests, right? And just start racking up all of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what you should be. I mean, dude, this is what you should be doing, finding your edges at places. So uh, quickly on the MLB slate, what what pitchers are we looking at at uh, primarily missed, at, at, as Mr. Most Probable, right? Because you have to know who the chalk is. You have to know who the best plays are in order to then determine how to deviate from that. So, like, I don't think there's there's like no value in knowing. It's like, oh, oh, everyone's gonna play X, Y, and Z, and everyone's gonna play this stack, and everyone's gonna play this. Like, yeah, know that, and because that's the highest projected. If you ran, if you ran projections, you'd see that. But now you know. It's like, okay, how do I get different from that? If you don't know what everyone else is doing, if you don't know what the highest projected plays are. Like you'll never know how to. You're you're always just trying to guess what's going to happen in the game 
rather than play the actual game of DFS. So at pitcher, are we all just, are we just, are we just, are we just streaming pitchers against the Oakland A's? Are we just playing Tarek Skubal at 9,600? Because it's not like this is that great of a pitching slate. Garrett Cole is 12-2. Do you think you need to spend that much on pitching? Yeah, I, I'm not going to beat the Mr. Probable allegations here because my current plan is I'm going to walk button Tariq Skubal. I'm playing 150 lineups on DraftKings. My current plan is to have 100% Skubal. I may just go like 90 or something like that, but he's going to be the highest owned guy. I'm going to make sure I have bare minimum twice as much as everybody else because I really do think he's the top option today for his price by far. Um, he's been lights out lately. He gets a big park upgrade. He's going up against a weak Oakland team that's worse against lefties than they are righties. I might make a few teams that don't have Scooball with some Brent Rooker, Shane Lang- Shay Langoliers, and um, Giloff or Ruiz if he's in a good spot, a mini stack, something like that. But Scooball will be in at least 90% of my lineups. He'll be my main SP1. And then I think I'm going to try and go heavily underweight on like Barrios is picking up ownership. Ranger Suarez is definitely going to be the guy I'm most underweight on by far. Um, why, is, why is David Peterson only five fifty five hundred? That's the thing. I probably will be even with that chalk just because he's so cheap and he makes a lot of things work. But I'm also going to have lots of pivots to Luis Medina, Johan Oviedo, and honestly, even Ryan Yarbrough, if he's confirmed as the long man at 6,800, where he's not in this pool right now. Um, I'll take shots on him too. Um just because they're cheap. I like taking cheap shots on pitchers, even if they suck. Um, and so I'm going to have close to 100% Scooball. I'll try and get probably double on Grayson Rodriguez, Johan Oviedo, Luis Medina. I'll be underweights on Ranger Suarez. Uh, I'll be probably even with David Peterson, and I think I'll be full fading Garrett Cole, Max Freed. Okay, how about stacks-wise? What are we looking at for the offenses? So Atlanta is the clear 1A today, and that's why I like taking some shots on cheapies not named David Peterson, just because that'll be a contrarian way of making an Atlanta stack work. But um, Atlanta's the clear top team. They're going to be one of the highest owned if people can make it work. My favorite pivots off of them are going to... uh, I'm just like, I did the morning grind last night with Stevie. So it's my first time seeing the actual ownerships of the team. But um, Baltimore's picking up a fair amount of ownership. We got the Dodgers picking up a fair amount of ownership. Um, And so I'm probably going to try and get, based on these early ownership projections, I'm probably going to try and get as much Braves as I can because these secondary teams aren't really picking up much less ownership than the Braves are. Um, and then Philadelphia against a chalky David Peterson, who Stevie and I thought was going to be picking up more ownership yesterday. The fact that they're not, that's probably going to be my favorite tournament stack today. How about over on prize picks and underdog for MLB today? Because I already had, I, I just like I said about NFL, I get a lot of stuff. What I, what I do is, uh, you have the plate IQ and the bat projections, like the bat projection the plate iq projections update for the next day like almost immediately after the slate like you could start seeing tomorrow's projections i mean if they're not manually adjusted yet and the bat has a a page if you subscribe to the bat as part of roto grinders 
uh, a tomorrow's projections page. Just realize that's all algorithmically generated as the best guess, but some pitch counts and everything. Starting lineups, maybe it's slightly adjusted. Cardi does probably wake up in the morning and do that. Me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a risk taker. TJ, I look at the tomorrow's projections and I, before I go to sleep, and I go to sleep late. So a lot of times I don't go to sleep till one, one thirty in the morning, Eastern time. Once that, once that ten o'clock game, that last West Coast game, kicks off, I go directly to underdog. Prize picks won't have their lines. Typically doesn't have their lines up until like very early in the morning. And I just go and I go, is there anything that's really off? I'm going to, I'm going to hammer this. I'm going to make threes and fours and everything. And then I would say 90 plus percent of the time when I wake up in the morning, I'm getting half a strikeout in my, in my favor. I'm getting, you know, a total base, you know, one total base in my favor or you know, it, it ends up being, you know, walks or something where it's a half a walk in my favor. So if you're a Road Grinders premium member, you should definitely be taking advantage of that. So I got stuff in that you can't get that number anymore. But TJ, do you see anything that's out there that currently exists that may have some value? At? So this is tough because the bat actually disagrees with me on it. And then so I don't love the idea of going against the bat. But one of the first ones I liked, and this is a bit of a leverage thing too, because I'm going to be playing so much Tariq Skubal, um, is I really like his under on the pitch count on on underdog because his pitch, like the bat has him projected for 96 pitches, uh, but the pitch count on, uh, on underdog is 94 and a half. He's pitched 95 pitches once this year. One time has he gone over and it's been 95 on the dot. Every other game he's played. Now, he's coming back from injury. But even in these last four games, he's gone 95 once, and the others have been 90, 91, 91. And so I do like the under on that one just because I don't think a team with a lost season is going to be pushing their one stud young pitcher all that uh, crazy amount there. So that is one that uh, I'm I'm interested in. Um, but having said that, like, I'm just kind of looking through them first right now for the first time here on the pickums um and there's a couple that i like like uh for example ryan o'hearn over one and a half bases um francisco lindor over 1.5 hits runs rbis um looking at this atlanta team um over one and a half bases for olsen over one and a half bases for basically any of them is a is a is a bet that i like but I haven't uh, done a ton of comparing the picks to uh, to the projections yet. Right, but that that's essentially what what you should be doing. I mean, yeah, you get our statistical projections here. You, it's part of our premium package here at Roto Grinders. You'll get you'll get that for for basketball also. You'll get that for other sports. You get that you can use a Chrome extension. That's what I use. You can put it on the screen so that when you look at Prize Picks, when you look at Underdog, it overlays that number next to the numbers on the screen. So you could you could literally just scroll down and look and go, oh, is there anything that's significantly off, under, over, and and go through there. So you don't even have to look at the actual page that our statistical projections are on. And you could also download them via CSV. So if you're doing stuff in Excel, if you're incorporating them into, you know, anything else in your process, aggregating other places or whatever, uh, it makes it very easy to do so. So TJ, you have you have some articles coming out 
today. That'll be NFL NFL expert survey for uh, the showdown game. And then my prize picks article for NFL as well. And then I'll have showdown uh, strategy advice for the Sunday night football. I will have prize picks for Sunday night and Monday night football. Um, and then I'm on crunch time for MLB tonight as well. You're busy. You're very busy, right? So Mon- you're busy. Monday's you're busy. Part of the day yeah. is like later. I, you're not used to waking up necessarily this early like me it's like this is this is my busy part and then i'm the one that like at two o'clock three o'clock i'm taking like an hour nap on the couch yeah that's two o'clock three o'clock that's my uh that's my go time um (laughs) but uh i it it wasn't too bad i set my alarm for 8 a.m this morning and uh i I was uh ready to go it took me about 15 minutes to wake myself up but then i was uh then i was all right rearing to go okay so you could follow tj on twitter if you want his toy takes and his uh, a Hoska, I can't, I can never pronounce that. Wait, uh, is that a Hoska? Is that how you pronounce the Star Wars? Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Okay. Ahsoka. Right. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter, TJ underscore Zwarich five, or you can follow the Agents of Fandom where I talk about TV, movies, video games. Um, right now, I'm reviewing the new Ahsoka series, but we have. Um, reviews for all the new movies coming out we had people at the toronto international film festival and we're gonna have some people at the new york film festival so lots of reviews on new movies coming out uh only murders in the buildings we got weekly reviews coming for right now as well i'm gonna be streaming the new spider-man game when it comes out so lots of fun stuff going on over there and i basically exclusively talk about sports betting fantasy sports movies and television that's my entire twitter feed right and i don't want to make fun of the 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 movies and TV stuff because it's very similar to professional wrestling. And I, that's, that's my, that's another, my, another thing we cover. We got lots of interviews with professional, with AEW wrestlers on our YouTube feed. Um, Cause they're at, they're like, at those comic. I mean, it's a very similar yeah. audience. Yeah. So those conventions There's, typically have some wrestling. Big. Fans. Yeah. Big Venn diagram overlap of comic book fans and professional wrestling fans. Yeah. There's a bunch of professional wrestlers that have like vlogs where, they do toy hunts, and they, you know, they do comic book stuff and toy action figures and everything. Of course, you know, our parents would look at us and go, "Go, you guys are still into that past like eight years old." And then you realize that like the video game industry is like ten times bigger than the entire TV and film industry mm-hmm. like combined. And it's like, no, no, this is this is actually a thing. Like, imagine, imagine telling your parents that you could make. Uh, you could you could become a professional video game player and make millions of dollars. That's the thing, right? It's like I I know I'm going to be playing this uh, Spider-Man Two game from like the second it comes out till the second I finish it, anyways. So might as well be productive, and I'm going to put a camera on myself so people can uh, so people can watch me play and talk about it. And now I'm working. Okay, so send in your questions if you're not here live. Hit that thumbs up button if you are here. Theoryofdfs.com questions at Theory of DFS.com for your mailbag questions. Uh, you'll see TJ later today. You'll see Grinders Live. You'll see the post lock show. Hit that notification bell. You'll always know when you get the shows here on the Roto Grinders YouTube channel. But you know when I'm here, right? We'll have uh, we'll have Score Patrol. Score Patrol's on tomorrow. We're do, doing DFS strategy for the week three main slate. But I'm here Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern, to get you all in the mood for some DFS. Props and pick them on Roto Grinders today.